Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Yoga Girl podcast. I am your host, Rachel Brayton. I had this dream, so I, this is it's like a super weird dream. I had a dream where I started introducing myself at the beginning of the podcast episode, which I never do. I don't know if that's, am I supposed to do that? Say my name every time. I had a dream that this podcast was more like me as a, like a talk show host kind of interviewing people. And then in this dream, all the time, I kept repeating, and I'm your host, Rachel Brayton. I'm your host, Rachel Brayton. And then the guests I had on the show, none of them knew how to pronounce my last name. Uh, it, it was like a, it was a long kind of weird dream, but that's what stuck with me when I woke up was like, man, actually so many people don't know how to pronounce my last name. So many times I have been a guest on someone else's podcast and they mess my name up as they introduce me on the show or they have to re-record and like do it again. I don't know why I'm sharing this right now, but I just had that little spur of a moment. I'm your host, Rachel Brayton. Yeah, welcome to the Yoga Girl Podcast. I'm not your host. I am your friend, your sister, your, I don't know. I don't really know what I am. I am just sharing here while you hold space for me to talk. So thank you for being here and thanks for listening. Okay, now that that weird intro is over, I am officially back home. I'm so happy about that. You know, we just spent a couple of weeks in Costa Rica. Costa Rica is like my second home. I love going there, love visiting there. And somehow, you know, nothing beats coming back home. I don't know if everybody feels that way. I had this moment where I walked in through the door yesterday. We had kind of a long journey back and I opened the door to my house and I just took a breath and like, man, it's a really good feeling to have a home that you actually don't need vacation from. Like when coming home, it's just that amazing feeling where you really feel like you've made a home for yourself. Who else feels that way? I definitely felt that way or feel that way constantly. And just being home, I feel like it's like my bones are settling. <laughs> Every time I sit down in any chair in this house, I'm like, oh, taking a breath. I'm just so happy to be here. 
I really only have one topic in mind for today's episode of this podcast. Sometimes I, I try to not do po like entire podcast episodes centering, centered around parenthood or around motherhood. Sometimes that happens because it's organic and it relates to something, you know, big. But I very rarely have dedicated episodes to the idea of raising a child because there's a lot of people who listen to this show who aren't parents and who don't relate with that. But honestly, I, I, I have nothing else to talk about right now than the fact that my child, who is like, you know, you guys have seen her on social media. She's like an angel. She's so, so beautiful, so sweet, so loving, super smart, like a joy to be around. She has transformed into a demon. <laughs> like, I, I don't even feel bad saying that. It's not constant, not like she's just transformed and now she has this new personality, but something has happened over the past like week, week and a half. I hope this is not like the beginning of a long phase or something, but she has these moments where she, she just, it's, it's like she's possessed by something. We've had tantrums, meltdowns, like complete societal collapse happening in this house at the drop of a hat, like for no big apparent reason whatsoever. And it's, it's literally like, it's taking up every inch of my life right now. Any parent listening to this, and this, that's what's so amazing, like listening to parenting podcasts or talking to friends who have kids, or especially talking to friends who have older kids who've been through this age, like that's the only thing that's really helped me. But we have entered some sort of phase where every single thing she doesn't want to do, which mind you in a day for a, an almost three-year-old, like that's a lot of stuff, <laughs> like, you know, brushing your teeth putting on your pajamas, going to the bathroom, washing your hands, like cleaning up your space, anything she doesn't want to do. Like it's, it's not just a, no, I'm not going to do that. It's a hell motherfucking never, ever ain't going to happen. Fuck you. No. <laughs> okay. She doesn't use those words, but, but seriously, the fierceness coming out of this tiny little, tiny little body right now. I, I, I don't know how to deal with it. I, I, it's, mm. So we had this kind of long trip yesterday. Whenever we travel from Costa Rica, the only flight Costa Rica to Aruba, it's always via Panama. And we have to take the 5 a.m. flight from San Jose so that we can get to Panama in time for the one morning flight that leaves Panama to Aruba. So that means anytime we leave Costa Rica, we have to go the day before we drive up to San Jose. We have a lot of friends there, so it's always good to see them. And we spend the day and Sometimes do a little bit of shopping or, or something. Stay at a hotel and then super middle of the night, like 3 a.m. wake up call, we go to the airport. So it's always like a little bit of a pain. Like no one wants to wake up a sleeping child at 3 a.m. to go somewhere. But, you know, that's that's what it is. And uh, we had a nice day in San Jose. Everything's fine. Like she hasn't been obviously sleeping on a regular schedule because we're on this vacation rhythm. So normally she's in bed seven and wakes up at seven and she takes a long, big nap in the middle of the day. Like that's just routine every day. Now it's been literally vacation mode. So she's been up till eight and nine and 10 and like we're really been kind of super lenient and chill around bedtime. And sometimes she's even like gone to bed at eight, but she stays up until 10, eight, 10 o'clock at night. Like it's just been kind of all like all bets off, like just vacation mode. And then coming home yesterday, so we got up super early. She actually slept an entire flight, which was amazing. Like everything went super smooth. And then I tried to put her down for a nap when we came home in the middle of the day because I felt like, okay, she's going to need some sort of 
like a short nap just to get it through this day. So we can go to bed like at 6.30, like a little earlier than normal and try to get on a regular rhythm. Costa Rica is only two hours off, so it's not that big of a deal, but you know. And she didn't want a nap. It was just, no, absolutely not. And then I convinced her like, hey, if you don't want a nap, you can chill in your crib. You can like rest there, talk to your stuffed animals. You just rest. That's fine. Like that's the thing I, I try to do. It can be resting time. If you don't fall asleep, that's okay. She didn't sleep. Wasn't going to happen. So I was like, okay, wait, let's just put her to bed at 6 or 6.30 as early as we can. We started this process like at 6.15. At 8 o'clock, she was still screaming. And when I say screaming, I, I don't mean like, woohoo, like a scream and then it's over. No, I'm, I'm talking like, like full-fledged mega meltdown that didn't fucking end. Like it didn't end. It just went on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Everything was a no. She didn't want to wear her PJs, didn't want to go to the bathroom. And I was, and then I was like, I don't care. Like, let's go to bed naked, like whatever. Like we just, we just have to sleep. She's so overtired. And then it just became a absolutely not. I don't want to close my eyes. I don't want to lie down. And she screamed and cried and was like throwing things and trying to punch us and just going all out full blown mega tantrum madness. Until eventually, and I can laugh at this now, like last night, I was not laughing at this. Eventually, she finally stopped crying. And I think the last 30 minutes of, of the tantrum, we just held her. Like we didn't do anything else. We didn't try to change anything. We didn't try to talk her down. Nothing. We just tried to be there with her because it was like she was having a full blown meltdown. So the last 30 minutes, we're just on the couch, like in her room holding her and first she didn't want to be held and she's fighting it and we're just holding her and holding her and holding her and finally she stopped crying and then she has those like after shivers like it's super sad where, where you're like <gasps> you know that kind of like <gasps> it's super sad and she had that going for a while but naked like you know dripping sweat like he's just been fighting for two hours and then suddenly like she just passed out like draped across me and Dennis on the couch and Dennis fell asleep like he was so emotionally exhausted he just passed out and I'm sitting there on the couch with like a sweaty naked toddler and then an exhausted husband and I'm like how 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 did we get here like what is happening right now and then we ended up putting on her pjs you know kind of like in a similar fashion how you would how you would imagine like dismantling a bomb like you know if you do one thing wrong the bomb's gonna go off like it was that kind of feeling like we gently like you know <laughs> put her pj pants on like one toe at a time like it took so long and then managed to put her pajama on managed to do the whole thing and then putting her in bed was like the final thing we're like man she could just wake up and we could start this whole cycle all over again and we'll be here till midnight like and luckily she was just so exhausted. She basically cried herself to sleep. And then, you know, exiting her room. And I think Dennis and I, we just, we just sat on the couch, like staring into space for probably 10 minutes, like just, just next to each other, not talking, just, just sitting there like, what, what was that? What, what was that? It, it, it it's, it's, no one told me about this. And now that I'm asking like friends, I'm like, oh yeah, I don't know if it's like normal that it's this bad, this intense, you know, but like now that I'm talking to people, a lot of people are saying, oh, that's normal. That happens. Oh yeah. It's like they're possessed by something or yeah, like suddenly they become a demon. It's like a different child. 
Like, hey, back when I was pregnant, I don't remember anybody talking to me about this. I don't remember hearing a single friend of mine who had kids share that this was reality. Like, could there have been some preparation for this? I don't know. We didn't really have a terrible twos. I mean, she's still two. She'll be three in 10 days. But two, I felt was a breeze, not at all a thing. Please tell me this is not something that's beginning for three. Like I, I will not have it. No, 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 no. And what was so absurd is like normally, so she'll have these kinds of meltdowns, not this intense, like not to the point of, of, of us not being able to reach her. Like that, that's not happened before. She's had massive tantrums before where I can still kind of communicate with her and she can still look me in the eye and it's like, she's still present somehow, you know? And then I've been able to just be super quiet with her, just be present with her, just sit with her. And then usually it passes. And I, and I honestly have a feeling like I'm learning something here, you know, like, like just, it's like a practice of being super present, not trying to fix her, not trying to improve anything, not trying to make her stop whatever she's doing, just being there. That helps this because it was so forceful and aggressive. Like she would have probably hit herself. Like she was just going insane, totally berserk. Like it was, it was totally impossible to just sit there. I couldn't just sit there and do nothing because she wouldn't have it, you know? And then, you know, I think like an hour in, I just tried to get her to, to be in my arms. Like I just tried to to get her to calm down, try to do anything I could for her to stop screaming, like to stop crying because she was putting herself into a worse and worse and worse frenzy. And it was like, what can we do? Should we go outside? Should we like, what, what do people do in this situation? Like no one has prepared me for this at all, at all. And then I think I had a good like 15 minutes trying to kind of hold her. I was like, maybe if I koala bear it, you know, and I like strap, like I wrap my arms around her, like I'm at life fest or something. Maybe she'll just like, you know, like she needs to feel totally held and kind of, you know, supported. Maybe she'll chill. That backfired completely. Like it was just, I was like, I'm just going to sit here and love you and hold you. And she was just <laughs> like, get out. And then she had a moment where she was like, space. <laughs> I need space. And I'm like, okay. When, um, her nanny picked us up at the airport yesterday. She had a little basket and I was like, hey, what are you going to put in your basket? And she said, toys and space because I need some space. <laughs> and then in the middle of her tantrum, she was like, space, <laughs> give me some space. And I'm like, I've tried to give you space. Like I tried everything. I tried giving you space, tried holding you, tried hugging you, tried talking you down, tried just sitting here quietly. I I've tried everything, tried to do everything, make everything better. It's just, Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So after that, obviously, like I woke up with a headache and it's in my left front of my brain. I don't know if there's anyone who knows anything about like brain stuff, but I should Google this probably. I I don't want WebMD to tell me I have brain cancer or something, but I've had this 
piercing, like throbbing headache in the left, like left temple front of forehead kind of area all day. Woke up with it. It hasn't gone away. It's just been sitting there all day, all day, all day. And I was just contemplating now, like she's having a nap now. Thank God. And I practiced. I had 45 minutes to practice before recording this podcast. And as I was just sitting silently at the end of my practice, I was like, what does this do? One, what does this do to your nervous system? Seriously, being, you know, this intertwined with someone having this kind of, this level emotional meltdown, like what does that do to, to, to my nervous system? What does it do to her? Like, is it doing something for her? Is this part of her processing, part of her releasing, part of her, like the evolution of her own consciousness? Like what, it, I don't want to believe that this you know, meltdowns or whatever you call them for, for, for toddlers, that, that it's something that's harming them or that it's something that's bad and terrible. We should stop it. You know, put a lid on, don't feel any feelings. Like it's good to fear, feel your feelings, but there is a limit. <laughs> is there not a limit? I don't know. Should, I feel like there's a limit when you start to wallow in your emotions and then feeling so much to the point of maybe not feeling safe, right? Or feeling so much to the point of like, I can't, I can't, put everything back. Like I can't put myself back together again, which obviously is different if you're an adult and you have to put yourself back together again because you got shit to do and, you know, people to take care of. Maybe when you're a kid, it's, it's supposed to be that way because, you know, you don't have to worry about piecing everything back afterwards. I, I, I was just sitting there on my, on my mat, like trying to just process like, what, 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 <laughs> what is this? And then for a while I thought, okay, maybe I'll, I'll record a podcast and it'll be like, I get to process and maybe I'll cry and feel super, I'm not feeling sad today. I'm just, I have this massive, massive, massive headache and it's taking me to this place where I'm just wondering when we have a release of emotion, is there such a thing or a point where you cross the threshold of releasing and you go into egging yourself on, you know what I mean? Like you make it worse or more intense. And since, you know, most kids, if not all kids have these kinds of tantrums, like I really believe that they do something for us. Like there's something there that perhaps it's, you know, exhibiting, like, look at the power that I have in my body. What about that? Like, can you really know yourself deeply if you don't know the fullness of your own anger? If you've never touched your rage, if you haven't felt the depth of total despair and grief and sadness, you know, perhaps that's what this is. Kids feeling to this extent, just so that we can get to know our own emotional body, right? Touching every vast corner of all of our feelings and knowing what it's like to go there all the way fully and just embody that anger, if that's what it is, or embody the frustration or embody the the sadness or whatever is there. So perhaps it's kind of like part of, I don't know, maybe this is part of her emotional growth. And okay, I'm, I'm clearly telling myself this because I want this to be in the end, a good thing, not, not a terrible thing. But I, I had this moment where, where I was just holding her and she's kicking and screaming and it's just like her face is red. And I remembered when I was little, my brother is two years younger than me. He would scream to the point of passing out. This is like 100% real. I remember this. Like he would scream, going to these total meltdowns and scream to the point of his face getting all red. And then he would just 
like he would just pass out. Like he would run out of breath, pass out. My mom would freak out and she'd have to shake him and then he would wake back up and cry again. Like that's kind of what he did. And I think he was like around this kind of age because I, I can remember this. I have a really strong memory. This is, we spoke about this not super long ago. I was six and my brother was four and we were going to India. It's my, my, my only time ever that I've been to India. I was, I was that little and we had to go get vaccinated. So I, we were at this, like the doctor's office. And I remember, cause it was my turn first, cause I was the bigger girl. And I remember the doctor was really nice and I was super scared of the needle and he said, okay, you can choose, you can have the needle, it can either go in your butt or in your thigh, like, where do you want it? And I couldn't decide, and I was all frazzled, like, no, no, wait, no, in the butt, no, wait, the thigh, no, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And in the end, I was like, no, okay, thigh. <laughs> and then as, <laughs> as the doctor approaches my thigh with a needle, I freaked out and kicked my leg and like hurt her somehow, and like she dropped the needle, and it was like, a, she ended up having to prick me twice, because I just, I had a freak out. And then finally that was over. It was my brother's turn. <laughs> I just think this is like, imagine this poor doctor. <laughs> this is my brother's turn. And he just at the sight of the needle, he freaked out so intensely that he just screamed and immediately passed out. And my mom went, go, 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 do it now, do it now. <laughs> like jab him, jab him. Just imagining this poor, poor woman, like one passed out child and one hysterical child kicking the needle and like, what in the world? But I can really remember those kinds of screams coming from my brother. I also have a really strong memory of us having a ski vacation, I think around the same time, same age-ish, where my brother would just lose it and my mom would, or maybe this was my dad, actually, now that I think of it, probably both of them at, at either point, would throw him out of the house. And like, I remember him in like a huge pile of snow in his pajamas, like in the snow outside, like just screaming because they just couldn't take him screaming like that inside the house. And also him just like leaving the house, like every, screw everybody and just taking off. Like I'm going to find a new family to live with. Just total, total epic meltdowns. Like I'm remembering this now. I'm like, man, okay. So that, that was what that was. Okay. This is, this is that. Mm. Interesting. But what about all the times? Because for most of us, we grew up in a way where, hey, like we didn't really have probably anyone with the emotional capacity to hold us in that kind of kind of space. I think it's pretty rare. I think it's more common now. I, I, I At least I hope it's more common now. But for me yesterday to not lose my shit, right, to not scream at her back to not throw her out of the house, to not lock her in her room, to not like pull my own hair out, right? To not like lose it, but to just be there and to be present and to be calm and to breathe, like to continue to breathe the whole entire time. Like I had that moment where I was like, okay, I have a choice now. Like I can go into, I can resist this and just freak out and get worried and what the fuck is happening. Or I can take a deep breath and just drop into practice right now because I just need to be here. And I did exactly that. And there was one moment like really halfway through where it was so intense. And I just told Dennis like, hey, why don't you go take a shower or like, you know, take a break and I'll, and I'll hold this for a second. And he was like, I, I'm not going to leave her like this. Like he got worried. Like, you know, she needs to know that she's supported by both of us. Whatever she's going through, that we're both here and we're not leaving her. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then we just, we just stayed. But it was really this 
massive test, I mean, above anything else in, okay, can I, can I be present here? You know, can I choose to be here and feel all of this and not ignore my own feelings or try to numb my own feelings or escape myself, but be present with myself while holding her here, like while giving, while holding space for her to act all of this out, to not lose it, right? How many of us had parents who yelled at us when we lost it as kids or who yelled at us when we cried? I mean, I had that. And my dad was completely freaked out around anything that was tearful or sad or I can't really remember him. I can't remember me being angry or showing like anger tantrum like that around my dad. But I have super strong memories of being sad and my dad saying, stop crying, stop crying. And I don't think that's, you know, anything terrible about that. I don't feel any resentment to him around that. I think that's how he grew up. That's how pretty much everyone grows up. It's it's inconvenient to have our kids crying in public. Also, it triggers everything that's unfelt inside of us. So if we have kids who are super sad and showing that sadness like right on their sleeve, really showing their hearts, really being vulnerable, if we have not had the space to be that vulnerable with ourselves, it's going to be really hard. We're not going to have the capacity to sit and hold someone else in their vulnerability when we can't hold ourselves, right? So I had that that really strong feeling of, okay, crying is bad. Crying means you've done something bad or that you are bad. Or crying means that you're guilty of something. Crying, crying is bad. Stop crying. Stop crying. I mean, just saying that sentence, stop crying. Like how many times have we been told in our lives to stop crying (laughs) by probably more people than our parents, right? By teachers or babysitters or family members or friends of family or just adults overall. Just stop crying. Stop crying. Or go to your room, right? If you're feeling something or expressing something, like go away. You're banished from here. Go to your room. Leave the table. Go to your room. Like that, that, I think that that's really common. So not having had that kind of space when we grew up, how on earth, right, are we going to be able to hold that for our own kids as we grow up and become parents unless we are doing that work in the meanwhile or have had some kind of support to do our own inner work before we become parents? And I think for a lot of people, becoming parents, like that's the starting moment of this huge spiritual journey for so many And it makes us realize, man, like I am not equipped for this (laughs) because we're not really. There's no handbook. No one. I wish, I wish yesterday at like 7 p.m. I could have like, hey, let's take a little break here. Time out. Let me open the parenting handbook that I was given when I became pregnant. Turn to page like unbelievable tantrum and let me find like the bullet point list of to work my way through of what to do here. There is not like that book does not exist. And it's probably like that for a reason, right? We're meant to go on this huge journey along with our kids. But I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if we were, if we allowed our kids to have a little more space to just explore what they're feeling. And it does, maybe doesn't have to be as extreme as, as what I went through yesterday or went through. It's like I went through war. It kind of feels that way. But just in all the regular day-to-day moments too, Right? And I'm super struggling with this right now because there is, a, there is a fine line and a balance there right, between drawing boundaries for our children and allowing them to be who they are and the way they are. And I think I've been very much in the, in the area of just allowing, not just allowing, but really allowing my daughter to take up the space that she needs to feel the feelings that she's feeling, to explore, to adventure, to be herself. 
And the reason I actually haven't had to be super firm and strict with her is because she's been a super easy kid so far. I mean, we've had we've had our challenges, of course, but uh, up until now, at least, it's been really easy for me to reason with her. So she wants to do something that's a no, right? Okay, I want ice cream while I'm making dinner. And I don't have to say, nope, no ice cream, because that's that's not my, my way. I don't like to just say no and dismiss, but I like to like squat down on her level and just validate her. Like that's how I do it every time. Oh, ice cream. Oh, I love ice cream too. Yeah. Ice cream would be really good right now, but Hey, look, mama's making dinner. And then I pick her up and I show her that I'm making dinner. And you know how all the time we eat dinner first. And then after we finish our dinner, if we're still, if we still want ice cream, we can have some, or if that's not the case, I'll say, but Hey, this weekend, when we're going to go to the animal garden, we can get some ice cream done. Like I'll explain and reason and then, you know, give her the option of something coming later or something like that. So it's not just a no, you get no ice cream, which of course can be super triggering and hard to, I think it's hard for a child to see the logic in that, but why? And up until now, she's been really inquisitive and also really understanding. So when I explain it, I can see she's like, oh, okay, ice cream's after dinner. Oh, okay. We get ice cream in the weekend. Okay. And that's been that. So we haven't had any, you know, massive tantrums out of every no, or no, you can't have ice cream. And then her freaking out. No, because she's been really good at grasping those things and maybe it's different with every kid of course it's different with every kid so now we're at this point where where I say hey it's bedtime we gotta go brush our teeth no (laughs) and I go you know but hey darling darling you know every night we brush our teeth and I have this little story that I tell in Sweden we call them tandtroll which is actually like I grew up with this I think it's it's like a really common word in Swedish it means the tooth trolls (laughs) Yeah, as I'm sharing this now, maybe this is going to come off like very, very insane. But this is what we do in Sweden. So in your mouth, you have these tiny little tooth trolls that create cavities <laughs> and, and they come out after you've had like food and, and sweet things. So you got to brush your teeth to get rid of the tooth trolls. <laughs> okay. If you're Swedish, you're nodding. You're like, yeah, of course, like tantrol. Everybody knows about tantrol. Maybe I am like traumatizing my kid telling her there's little trolls living in her mouth (laughs) okay anyway that's the story that we tell like you know because of the tooth trolls we brush our teeth every morning every evening that's the thing we have a little routine that we do where like we have two toothbrushes so she gets to hold one like that's her own and then I have the one that, that we use and then first I brush her teeth really well and then she gets to brush her teeth after I'm done like that's the routine that we have and then we do all the rest of the things like put on our pjs and all that stuff And now she's just like, no. And I'm like, honey, like already, already there. Like the no is so firm. It's so final. It's just no. Like we brush our teeth every night. Let's go. Let's go to the bathroom. Like I have your toothbrush over here. No, I don't want to brush my teeth. And I go, everybody brushes their teeth. Mama does it. Papa does it. We do it twice a day. And we have, remember the tonsils. Like we got to brush our teeth now. But I don't like brushing my teeth. And I go, yeah, I understand. You know, actually me too. Sometimes I don't like it. Sometimes it's, oh, it's a little boring to brush your teeth, but I do it still every day, twice a day, because it's really good for my dental health. Like it's really good for my teeth to brush my teeth. It's something that we all have to do. And she goes, I still don't want to do it. (laughs) And like her logic makes more sense than mine. Like I was just relating this to you now because it's so true. Yeah. Okay. I still don't want to do it. I don't want to brush my teeth. And then it becomes this 
dance, right? Like this back and forth of negotiating and reasoning and explaining and going into stuff. And it's this forever thing. And sometimes the thing that we're like, you know, reasoning with or negotiating around, it's like a non-negotiable thing. Like you got to, you got to brush your fucking teeth. There's no way I'm going to let this little shit go to bed without brushing her teeth. Like that's not going to happen. We got to brush our teeth. Like you got to hold my hand when we're walking through traffic. Like there's a lot of non-negotiable things that just we got to do. And then there are some ones where I feel like, okay, I can let her assert some control, right? There are other moments that maybe aren't, like I say, like, hey, we're not going to do that. But actually it's not the end of the world. I try to pick those battles, you know, like she wants to be barefoot in the garden. Maybe I'll explain like, hey, we have cactus in the garden. If you really want to be barefoot, you can, like you can choose that. But if you step on a little cacti like that, that's on you, you know, like I do little things like that. And then of course that never happens. Like the cactus thing is not really real, but you know, I try to pick those battles, but brush your teeth. Like, come on, we got to do it. And then it, I have, I have this choice. Okay. I can either go into a 20 minute negotiation about why we have to brush our teeth. Everybody brushes our teeth. We got to go brush our teeth. I get her stuffed animals. We brushed animals teeth. We read the book about brushing our teeth. We, I start brushing our teeth. Like how, how long are the lengths that you go through until you realize like, okay, I'm just being like, we just, we just go got to do the thing now. And then the choice becomes picking up a three, almost three-year-old kid. Like she's getting kind of strong now and against her will shoving a toothbrush with toothpaste in her mouth. Like that's, yeah, I don't know about you guys listening. Maybe this feels like an option for everybody else. That is not, doesn't feel like an option for me. Just anything where she has to be completely forced against her will. And it's so clear that it's almost like, She's being violated in that moment. I, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't feel good doing that. I, I'm never gonna. When it comes, there are certain areas, yeah, when it comes to safety, like wearing her seatbelt in the car, like I'll wrangle her against her will because yeah, there's, there's no way we're not going to do that. But knowing like she'll probably brush her teeth in the morning. I have days where I don't brush my teeth, you know, in the evening, like I'm not going to die. Like when do you get to that point where you just either give up, right? You give in. And then are you then unconsciously or semi-consciously telling your kid that, hey, you win in the end, right? Fight me at long enough and I'll get tired and I'll stop and you win and we don't brush our teeth. And what does that lead you to, right? Maybe then tomorrow she won't brush her teeth again. And then maybe she'll be one of those kids with black teeth that are like falling out of her mouth. Okay, you, you, you get the picture. For me, this is so, 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 so challenging right now because I don't want to force her to do something she doesn't want to do. I want her to understand and then do the things she doesn't want to do anyway, which doesn't really happen that often, at least this week. This week, it's been, yeah, everything, everything has been a struggle from, yeah, brushing our teeth, putting on our PJs, yeah, going to the bathroom, washing our hands, and even things like, like, like she's fighting me on something. And I say, but hey, darling, let's not fight about this now. Like, let's, let, let's just go here and sit down. And then she looks at me, but I like to fight. I want to fight. <laughs> and I go, what? No, no, you, you don't like, yes, but I like to fight. Let's fight. <laughs> it's like everything I say, she just has to, she just has to push my buttons on it. And then of course, after the thing. So in the end, like last night, like we, okay, last night was an anomaly, but yeah, no, no brushing of teeth. 
didn't go to the bathroom, didn't read a book, didn't put on PJs, nothing happened that we normally do every night because she passed out, right, after two hours of just complete and total utter, like, screaming. Normally, at the end of all of these negotiations, like, I get my way, like, that's, you know, I don't, we don't have a kid running wild here in the garden, barefoot, not brushing her teeth, not eating any food, naked all day, like, that's not not how we roll at the end of the day, but it just, it takes so long to get there now. And what I've been trying, or Dennis and I, when we finally stopped staring into space, sitting on the couch, like <laughs> completely in shock over, of, of our own child, when we spoke about it last night, kind of where we got to, for what I think is, is the best way around it, is not just to focus on what do I do in that situation, like how do I deal with that massive tantrum, but more preventative. What can I do to ensure that we don't get to a place where she has a meltdown at that of that level, right? Yesterday, the factors that were not in our favor, obviously, she woke up at 3 a.m. She just had a huge life change, like just spent, you know, spent almost a month in another country, in another house, getting on a plane, hotel, traveling, airports, airplanes, and then suddenly we're back home. It's this big transition, which is super challenging. She's two hours off in time, which I think for a three-year-old actually means something. Um, didn't eat a lot of dinner because just didn't want to eat a lot, like probably didn't have a good day food-wise either. Just a lot of variables for her that I think pushed her over the edge, where probably we would have had like a little bit of a fight, and then instead it became like a total, total meltdown, right? So I think the way around it is, or the, the thing to focus on probably, at least this was my consensus yesterday, is preventative. Like, can I make sure that my kid is sleeping really well? Like really that she has full long night sleep. Can I protect her nap? Like normally she naps every day. She's not, I'm realizing now she's not at an age where she can go all day without her nap yet. Like no way. So today I told Dennis, I said, it doesn't, I don't care what we have to do to get this kid to nap today, but she is napping. Like we'll all nap together. Like I, like we'll, we'll bring the dogs. Like I, I don't care what, what we have to do. We'll, I'll go to any length to make sure that this nap happens because I know she's not going to make it till 7 PM. Otherwise she's not going to make it to bedtime. She's going to, yeah, we're going to have a repeat today. I have stuffed her full of super nutritious filling foods. <laughs> like she has a, had a huge breakfast, big snack, big lunch, big, you know, like I'm trying to cover all the bases. And then my plan is like already around five, like an hour earlier than, than we normally do. We're going to start winding down. We're going to completely start to kind of speak a little softer, like lower the lights a little bit more, take a longer bath, maybe with some lavender oil, read her more books, just really take our time to slow down and wind down so that when it gets time to, to bedtime, she's not so wired or super excited about something else, right? Like that transition can be a little bit smoother. That's my plan, my game plan. I feel like it's a good one. Uh, still doesn't help me at all if we get into one of one more of these of these meltdowns because I, I don't have a, I, I would love the bullet point list. Maybe I'll make myself one, <laughs> but I would love to have some sort of like mm, something solid to sink my teeth into. Like maybe I need to read a book. I need to do something more to learn about like developmentally. Why, why does this happen? And then how can I best help her in that place? What I really love about last night is that both Dennis and I just, because we couldn't communicate. I mean, we couldn't talk to each other. It was just crazy. But 
both of us just realized in the end, it's just like, we just need to be here. Like she's having a super hard time. It's like, she's not trying to be bad. She's not trying to do something mean. It's not, she's not enjoying this. Like, obviously she's just having a really hard time now. She's so little, she's tiny little kid. How can we just be here for her and hold her and love her and love her and love her? Oh, and this is, this reminded me like right before she passed out and we're just holding her and we're just repeating. Like we were just, it was like a mantra. We're just like, I love you. I love you. We love you. We love you. We're here. We're here. We're not going anywhere. We're not leaving. We're going to stay here. We're going to be here. Like just repeating that. Like, I love you. I'm here. I'm here. I love you. And then she would have, she would calm down and then she wouldn't like have a, like realize that she calmed down and she would go back into like fighting mode. She said, no, you don't love me. (laughs) I said, yes, I do. I love you. I don't love you. I said, that's okay. I love you. I love you. And she was repeating that. And in the end, she was like, love you, love you, love you. (laughs) Like she was just whispering, like repeating what I was saying. I could cry right now just remembering this moment. (sighs) Us on the couch holding this sweaty, like, and her hair was, you know, wild standing up on the top of her head, just loving on our daughter in the, in the hardest moment. I mean, what a life lesson for every, for every moment, right? How many, how many times have, have we had the experience with an adult where that's what we need? You know, either the person that we're with, someone who's going through a really hard time or having a tough moment, that's what we need. Or when we are having a tough time or a really tough moment, we don't need someone to swoop in and give us advice. We don't need anyone to tell us how to live our lives, right? We don't need that kind of, that, that, that's not what we're looking for, but that's usually what we get. It's like, oh, you should do this. Or I know, oh, you're going through grief. You're going through a hard time. Yeah, you should try this. Read this book. Do that. Take this meditation class. Go to yoga. No, what we need is we need someone to just love us right? We need someone to just hold us, to just support us, to just feel safe that no one's going to leave us, right? That that person who has our back in that moment is there to stay, not going to go anywhere. Like that moment of just being held and the, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. No matter what, I love you. Also in this rage, I love you. Also in this despair, I love you. In this grief, in this sadness, in this pain, in this depression, in this sickness, in this like utter, utter wounded place, I love you. I mean, when was the last time you had someone be there for you like that? When was the last time you had someone really be there for you like that? And think of all the moments we needed someone to be there for us like that when we were kids, but we didn't have it. We didn't get that where we were thrown out of the house or sent to our rooms or told to be quiet or told to stop crying or we were punished, right? Think about all the moments you were punished for feeling feelings in your life and then how it's not so strange that we grew up and became what we are, right? How everything makes sense. And maybe parenthood is here because it's this unbelievable opportunity for us to relearn, right? What we were taught when we were kids by doing differently to our own kids by parenting and raising our kids differently than how we were raised we get to reparent ourselves so maybe they're sitting on the couch holding our our daughter you know it's like 
I'm sitting there holding my own inner child. And Dennis is sitting there holding his own inner child. And we're all holding each other and we're all loving on each other. Giving ourselves all the things we didn't get when we were growing up. I think I get it now. <laughs> I think I get it now. My favorite thing about about either recording this podcast or about sharing, like, you know, just having someone listening when you get to speak for an extended period of time is that we can start with a problem or an issue or confusion or something that we just don't get, you know, and then let yourself speak from the heart long enough. Let yourself tell the truth long enough and you will eventually unwind enough stuff to get to that point of, oh, I get it. I already had it, right? I already I already knew this. It was just buried under a lot of stuff. I get it. <laughs> the reason my daughter has epic meltdowns and tantrums is because it's an opportunity for me to hold space for her and love her unconditionally. And in the process of doing that, I'm holding space for myself and I'm loving myself the way I needed to be loved when I was three. Every single challenging moment with her is an opportunity for me to give myself everything I've ever needed. So I'm parenting her, hopefully doing the very best I can to be the very best mother I can be for her. Hopefully setting a good example for her, right? Hopefully giving her that sense of total stability, security, trust that no matter what, she's loved. That no matter what, she's held. That there's nothing she could ever do in this life that could ever take that love away. That she can rest in that love. And by mothering her in that way, I get to fill in the gaps for myself, right? All those moments, all those little spaces where where I don't feel trust, where I didn't feel trust, or I didn't feel safe, where I needed that love or, or it wasn't there, right? I get, to, I get to patch that up with the love I feel for her because it overflows and it's so big and massive, like it's never ending. And it gets to overflow <laughs> over her and back to me. So in the end, you know, this tantrum, it's, it's healing, something really, really big. And fuck, I'm grateful. <laughs> I am so grateful. I am so grateful. I am so grateful. My little demon, I'm going to go wake her up from her nap now. <laughs> I'm still strategic, okay? I, I have that feeling of puzzle pieces falling into place and I'm still going to do what mom's got to do, but everything makes sense now. So whether you are a mother or a father, if you're parenting a little one or parenting yourself, I hope this made sense for you too. And um, thank you for listening. Yoga Girl Podcast will be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy the show, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. You can find them on yogagirl.com, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you normally get your podcasts. Don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. And thanks to my sponsors. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week.